I am here with Ray Comfort. You you all know him as an evangelist. You've seen his videos on YouTube. He just released his latest short movie. It's about an hour long. It's called The Atheist Delusion. And I already posted a review on my site, and we could talk about that with Ray. But mostly, um, the reason I really wanted to talk to Ray is because I've heard him do interviews so many times. I've read a lot of the interviews he's done, and I've seen a lot of the videos and movies he's put out there. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners have as well. So I thought it'd be interesting to bring him on to ask him kind of a a different set of questions. I'm not interested in doing a debate about atheism or God. Uh, There's so many other things I want to talk about. But let me take a second. And Ray, uh, do you want to introduce yourself to my listeners who may not be as familiar with you? Yes, I'm what's known as the banana man, the celebrity <laughs> clown of atheism. Um, I'm originally from New Zealand. Uh, you can tell I've got a slight accent. People think I'm Australian. But what they don't realize is Australians talk more like this, don't they? Like Ken oh, Ham kind creepy. of talks. Nice. <laughs> um, New Zealand is a beautiful country. Lord of the Rings was filmed there. Uh, they do talk funny. But it's a country of what, nearly 4 million people. And something like 50, 60, 70 million sheep. They're not sure of the amount of sheep because the guy that counts them keeps falling to sleep. <laughs> but there are a lot of sheep in New Zealand, and it's, uh, I'm just a little shepherd boy uh, I, I'm from nowhere. Come to live in the United States. I live in Southern California. Been here for, uh, boy, and coming on 28 years. And I absolutely love the United States. I love the freedom we have here freedom of religion, freedom to be an atheist, freedom to be a Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever you want. What, what, made you come, what made you come country. to Los Angeles specifically? Say that again. Oh, why do we come to Los Angeles? What yeah. brought us here? It was a 747. Huh. But, uh, we're invited to, uh, I was in Hawaii uh, speaking. Somebody has to do it. And um, while I was speaking, a pastor from a Calvary Chapel church sat in the teaching and he said, America must hear this message. It was a particular teaching that I do called Hell's Best Kept Secret, which is nothing about hell, despite the title. And uh, so he eventually called me in New Zealand. He said, we want to sponsor you. And so we sold our house and left our family and came to the big United States. Huge culture shock. Oh, oh I'm sure. <laughs> you know, there's, only, there's, there's, no, there's no real freeways in New Zealand except for perhaps up in Auckland, which is uh, the, the largest city, about a million people, very similar to San Diego. Uh, but uh, huge culture shock. So many people, big freeways. But I, I love Los Angeles, and we put out rumors saying there are gangs over here, there's smog problems over here, earthquake problems, and overcrowding on the freeways to keep people away from the incredible weather. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Who came? Was it just you? You said you left your family, but who was uh, you that came here? Um, my, me, my wife, Sue, and uh, my, my children. I have three children, one of each, uh, Jacob, Rachel, and Daniel, and they're, they're actually grown-up children. Uh, they're married with with kids themselves over here, but they uh, my do they follow in your Rachel, footsteps in terms of evangelism? Uh, oh yes, the two boys, uh, boys, the two men uh, uh-huh. work for a ministry, and my daughter has made five children, and she's married to uh, Emil Zwayne or Easy, uh, who's who's the president of Living Waters. He's an Arab, and I'm a Jew, believe <laughs> it or not, and we just love each other. So it's a family ministry in a sense. Yeah, yeah, Fanny Minus just started in our garage and just got bigger and bigger. And uh, I've had a wonderful relationship with atheists uh, since I was invited to speak at the American Atheist Incorporated National Convention back in 2001. That was a wonderful privilege. I was so uh, well treated. Uh, a food basket when I arrived, um, a hotel room, 
let me make my books available free and uh, uh, just wonderful experience. Really enjoyed meeting all the atheists back, back then, including David Silverman, who was just a kid, he said, as he sat in the <laughs> audience back then. And I'm sure you've had your run-ins with him several times over the years. Not really, not run-ins. We've got each other's email address. And, yeah. um, we had lunch together in, in Los Angeles about two or three years ago. Hour and a half over lunch, and we got on really good. Good. What, so here's a question for you, because I don't know the answer to this. What do you do all day? <laughs> well, today I'm doing five interviews for okay. the new movie. <laughs> that keeps me busy. I'm writing a new book called Banana Man. No way. Uh, Is that really the title? Yes. It's, it's very exciting. <laughs> it's the title. And it's how, how it was so absolutely humiliating for years but that has been a huge door opener for me to talk to people like you and befriend people like you and Penn Gillette and Lawrence Krauss and David Silverman. Um, and it's made me infamous worldwide, thanks to Richard <laughs> Dawkins. And so I have, we have 39 million views on our YouTube channel and a lot of those who are atheists who come to see the train wreck. So they, let's, and let's talk about that for a second, because I've heard the story from you a couple of times, which is essentially if you watch the video, you're essentially saying the banana is the atheist's worst nightmare because it proves, you know, God, God's cre- uh, the creation power of God. God created us, and God made well, the yes banana and, for us. Yes and no. Yes and no. If you, if you watch the audience, yeah. they are belly laughing because... Because when you do this live, you mean. When you do this live for a Christian audience, they're belly laughing. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's, it's kind of it's tongue-in-cheek, if you know what I mean. It's got a measure of truth, but it's just, it's like I do the apple afterwards, and no one calls me apple man because that's <laughs> not funny. Um, and I've it, heard you do something I, I, similar with like a can of Coke, like it was perfectly designed for human consumption. Yeah, well, I just say it couldn't happen by itself. It's designed, so it must be a designer. It's made, there must be a maker. And then um, I hold up an apple and say, look at the apple. It's just the right shape for the human hand. It's, uh, it's 10,000 different varieties of apples, all the same shape with a groove for the thumb on one side and another groove for the forefinger on the other. On this side, it's got a little pad so your finger won't wear out when the apple turns. On this side, it's got a little stalk that doesn't go up your thumbnail. It's flexible. So and with the apple, you can eat. eat hang on, I've got to finish this oh, because okay, you're okay. I'm crazy. <laughs> you, with the apple, you can eat the wrapper. It's good for you. Cleans the teeth. One a day keeps the doctor away. And when you get to the core of the substance, so you won't get depressed, what do you find in the middle? Little seeds. And you can put them in the dirt. And what do you get? More apples. And people laugh because they've never looked at an apple or a banana that way. And you can look at all fruits, fruits even the coconut and, and, and the watermelon. I mean, it's just a great big orange drink or, sorry, uh, watermelon drink, whatever the, sure, the sure. taste is, inside it. So it's just, it's just looking at, at, uh, at nature in a, in a different way. And when that video came on, I was horrified because there was no audience to laugh. And when you repeat <laughs> someone saying the same thing, Behold, 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 behold. You just make them look like an idiot. So I By the way, for what it's worth, I've, heard, I've seen videos of like episodes of the Big Bang Theory without the laugh track. And it is, it's a little jarring to hear when you don't have the audience to back you up. But I mean, the response I've heard from atheists, the reason they mock that video so much is because if the argument is God designed this for us and it, it wasn't evolved that way. But in terms of a banana, it really was evolved to be that way. And that's one of the arguments a lot of atheists make. Uh, do I have that right from your Yeah, but it's fallacious. Uh, I've studied because it. And bananas in Egypt were the same shape as they are. Now, man, has, has, there's been hybrid bananas. There's little ones, there's big ones, there's fat ones. But nobody knows what bananas look like 5,000 years ago, except you find them in hieroglyphics, you know, in Egyptian culture, if you look closely. Um, so the guy that put the picture of the modern banana up, the one that looked like a, uh, a, 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 
potato um, used a modern picture and said this is what they looked like 5,000 years ago and nobody questioned it because as human beings were pretty gullible. Okay, so I, I, again, I'm not here to rehash all of the arguments back and forth there, but I am curious. So, like, how, what happened in terms of when you saw that video go up? Did you think initially, oh, like, either someone stole a part of my TV show and I don't like that on YouTube? Or how did you realize this was a thing? Because so many people told me, they said there's a video out there that's gone viral and respected ministries would say, you really believe the banana is proof of God's existence? Because they, that's all they saw was that video. And so it was tremendously humiliating. I just felt but, so embarrassed. Couldn't justify it. It just it made, why made me it, look like a clown. Why was it humiliating, though? And I don't understand this because I get that the laugh track isn't there. You don't have the crowd to, uh-huh. to be there as well. But the argument's not different. I mean, so... I don't exactly know what you're embarrassed by because it is the same argument that you would make in front of a Christian audience. Yeah, but when strangers come up to you and yell out, banana man, burst out laughing and point at you and run off. Yeah. It's not exactly fun. Right. And uh, that's what happened all the time. What exactly do you want to take back from that? Like, if you could do it again, what do you wish you could do? No, I wouldn't do it again. Uh, It's been wonderful. Um, if you study the Bible, you'll see that God uses people, and this is what happens to them before he uses them. Uh, like Joseph was humiliated before God exalted him. Moses was humiliated for 40 years looking after uh, sheep in the desert. So, no, I'm very, very thankful for what's happened because it, it, it's certainly kept me humble. It's, it's developed my character, and it's like a, a storm that sends the roots in deep. So, oh, I wouldn't go back on it for the earth because I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met Pendulet. wouldn't have met Lawrence Krauss. Would have met all these people and had the uh, platform that I've got without yeah. Banana Man. He introduces me to so many different people. So it opens a lot of doors for you. So what is the oh, the yes. upcoming book about? Well, just what we're talking about, yeah. um, and how I met Pendulette and Lawrence, and perhaps you. And okay. uh, it's really it's it's Banana Man. Uh, is it a memoir? The peel. <laughs> is behind it a memoir, or is it uh, a further extension of the argument that you're making? Oh no, it's not an argument. It's it's a, it's a biography. Okay. It's just it's all it's all just incredible things that have happened and uh and just how I got to witness to Pendulet or share the gospel with him and talk about the fact that he could die any moment and how I really appreciated that video that he made uh, on hell and how he, he said, said something really belie- Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He said if you really believed in hell and you didn't uh, warn me, what, how much do you have to hate somebody not to warn them? And he says, if a truck was bearing down on you, there'd be a time come when I would tackle you. And I said, Pen, I'm tackling you right now. This is on the sidewalk in D.C. as uh-huh. we spoke for 30 minutes. I'm tackling you right now. I love you. I care about you. I'm concerned about the, you know, your, your eternity. And within five minutes, and he talks about this on his podcast, him and Paul Provenza yeah. were almost killed by a, a, an SUV that came around the corner and, and Pen says it hit their pant leg, and there was a screech of tires, and uh, and it just brought some sobriety to what we're saying because every since we've started speaking, about 500 people have died, no more than that. Every minute, 100 people die. Every hour, 6,000. Every day, 150,000, and every year, 54 million people are swallowed by this thing called death, and uh, and we've got the answer to it, and I'm 100% convinced of that. And so all I'm doing is telling people what they need to do to find everlasting life. 
Okay, so let, before we move on to a different topic, let me ask you about one other argument I've heard you make and you're kind of famous for. Uh, this was in a debate you did with Kirk Cameron, and Kirk brought up this supposed crocoduck, like a missing link yeah. between two species. And again, this is one that a lot of pro-science advocates on my side have mocked because that's not what you would expect to see in evolution. It's such a joke to make about evolution, um, but... It wasn't played out off as a joke in the video in the Nightline debate you all did. So, again, uh, this is a general question, but it's why would you use that argument as evidence of why evolution doesn't work when no pro-evolutionist actually believes that's what you would see? That's actually not true. If you Google it, you'll find there is a crocodile that was found about a... uh, 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 about two or three years ago. Just Google it. I can't, I'll post I a link. I remember writing about that. And it was kind of funny because they called it that. There was a species yes. that had some similarities between the two. But it wasn't as comical yes. as the picture you all showed of literally That's a half exactly half. right. And, and you know, the thing about humor, um, Hammond, is that humor comes from left field. This is what makes things funny. And it's exaggerated. You know, if I say to my wife, look, I saw a guy whose hairstyle was two inches above his head, like an Elvis hairstyle, it's not funny. But if I say, look, it was three feet above his head, it's kind of funny. Uh, and It's a caricature. And so when you do a caricature of something and you want people to remember it, crocodile, that's what you do. You do something like that. And so we had a visual like that because we don't believe in a crocodile. But doesn't that ridiculous. defeat your own argument? I mean, that's not exactly the place for a joke to say, here's what evolutionists, uh, you know, here's what scientists would be expecting to see. Because you're trying to make the case that it's not right. And then you're holding up something that literally, by your own admission here, is not what you would expect to see. I mean, yes, it's stuck in our heads, but is, isn't that working it's against you? It's what I would expect to see if I was an evolutionist. I'd expect to see one animal evolving into another animal, but everything is finished. You know, I don't see half a dog or uh, everything is evolved, fully evolved. And so that's what an evolutionist should expect to see, some but half evolved. A, but that's according to you. And I, I mean, believe me, I know plenty of people who accept evolution and that's not what they say. That's not how it works. Like, I know, but I could tell you something. There's two sorts of evolutionists. There is you and the other fundamental atheists, but there are literally millions of people that think evolution is exactly the way we say it is. That's what they believe. Man evolved from apes, things are evolving, blah, blah. And so there, there's the man on the street evolution, that's the one I deal with, and there is the guys, serious guys such as you, who say, no, 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 that's not what we believe. And we don't even believe it. You know, it's not a faith, it's a, not a belief, it's right. a knowledge. But it sounds like then you're you playing s- to you see what people... I'm saying? Yeah, and you know what? I agree with you that there are a lot of people who accept evolution who don't actually understand it either, and they would believe what you're saying, that this is what we would expect to see, and they're wrong. Um, That's right. But why are you playing to the ignorant? Why? <laughs> because their ignorance stops them coming to the gospel. They, they, they reject Genesis because they believe something is fallacious. You believe something is different that's fallacious, I believe, and they believe something is different that's fallacious. Both of them I want to dismantle only not to win an argument, but to say, hey, hey, you're going to die. You're going to have everlasting life if you'll take the gospel seriously. So someone can be an evolutionist and become a Christian. I'm happy with that. They'll change their mind after a while. But I'm not out to to step on toes or argue with people. I'm out to just say, here's the gospel. Right. It just strikes me as odd that you would be playing to, I mean, not to compare you, uh, but it sounds like a lot of what Donald Trump is doing. He's playing to people who are clearly (laughs) ignorant on the facts. And if, I mean, I understand you can win votes that way, but you're not playing to the people who actually study this material and understand it well. And doesn't that say something about your arguments if the only way you're going to win anything 
is by playing to the people who really don't get it. I mean, it's not a good thing to brag in Trump's case that you really love the uneducated or at least the people who didn't go to college. That's your base. Like, that's not a thing to brag about because you're basically saying if you have a formal education, you don't like me. There's a reason for that. Well, Donald Trump is a special guy. He lacks discretion. He's never used it in his life because he's a rich man. Hasn't had to ask sure, sure. Hasn't had to ask anybody nicely for anything. And now he's in a political arena and he's got people running after him trying to clean up the mess he makes every day. <laughs> but, you know, I, I went to the experts, Hammond. I went yes. to UCLA, USC, um, uh, PZ and I put their feet to the fire. I said, give me evidence for a change of kinds. Now, there's humankind. There's mankind, there's a feline kind, feline kind, there's the canine kind. Give me evidence, scientific evidence, something I can trust and accept by faith, blind faith, and none of them could do it. And there's no hidden footage. We'd, if they said something that was true, ask them what they said and then become famous because they, uh, they gave evidence. No, they didn't say anything and we'd, we'd, it wasn't selectively edited or anything like that. We just gave the answers. When PZ Myers says we're fish, we says, okay, we'll say that he says we're fish. He wants to believe that, he can go ahead. Okay, I'm going to... Uh, keep going. I don't think PZ has the same interpretation of that interaction as you do. Um, That's right. He says <laughs> he carries a, ca- a recorder with him everywhere because of me. But seriously, <laughs> uh, what do you want me to say? Do you really believe we're fish and go on for two minutes about fish? No, he says we're fish, so we left it at that. Okay. Let me ask you, because uh, what you're saying here, that is something Ken Ham also believes, and that's something he espouses in the Ark Encounter theme park and stuff. Are, do you know each other? I mean, I, is he from New Zealand or Australia? can't remember. <laughs> then he's Australia, Australia. Right? Okay. Uh, I mean, but he doesn't believe we came from fish not from no 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 moment. he believes in the kinds that there are this yes, kind of that's right yes let me ask you about your yeah, relationship and, and you asked me about a relationship yeah we're very good friends yeah. we text each other a lot we have a lot of laughs together he's got a very dry sense of humor he's a very nice genuine guy and I love him very much how about as other, I do you sure how, how about other evangelists that a lot of atheists who kind of uh, you know study the stuff or watch this stuff on a regular basis what other evangelists do you talk to regularly are there any like uh, I can't imagine you're in like giant beefs with other people but like uh, which ones do you tend to talk to on a more regular basis who are you friends with in your movement Boy, the movement's fairly big. It's been going for 2,000 years. I'm friends with a lot of people. I mean, in terms of Um, the evangelists who do this public kind of, you want to spread the gospel and you're doing it very publicly. You're using social media to do it as well. I mean, that's not necessarily a huge circle of people. No, I, I don't think it is. I, I'm, uh, I've spoken in a thousand churches, over a thousand churches since, uh, since I started itinerating. So I do have a lot of friends in, in, in high places within Christendom, but... Um, oh boy, you put me on the spot. Just, I, know. I got a lot of friends. Yeah, I love sure. them very much, all of them. Um, can I ask you, because you've spoken at a thousand churches or whatnot, I know that just performing and talking to giant groups of people makes you better at performing in front of giant groups of people. But, you know, one of the criticisms I've heard of you and several other evangelists is that the arguments you're making to prove your point now is pretty much the same that you've been making for decades now. And a question I had for you is, how do you get better at what you do? Like, how do you improve your lectures? How do you update your material? Uh, how do you learn more? I don't think I'm out to get better. I don't think I'm a good speaker. Um, I think people listen to my accent because they enjoy it in the States. It's just the way it is. And um, what I'm doing is just saying the same old message. My Itinerant, itinerant ministry has just been teaching Christians how to discreetly, using discretion and love, share the gospel with people without offending them. 
And you do that by not addressing their intellect. And I'm not talking about um, their intelligence. I'm talking about the carnal mind, what the Bible calls the carnal mind of man. It's in a state of hostility towards God. That's why people use God's name as a cuss word. If you want to be effective, you have to address the conscience because the conscience affirms the truth of the Ten Commandments. And so that's all I teach people to do. And that's why I'm able to talk to people and they come out the other end saying, boy, that made sense. Because much of what's being uh, preached in Christendom is just craziness. I mean, you can go online and I've seen atheist videos showing, and I'm not talking about banana man type stuff, just stupid things that are being said from pulpits and stupid things that are being done from pulpits and money-hungry preachers and pedophile priests and that. All these things are very offensive and I can understand why uh, so many atheists are angry at Christians. Let me ask you a question about your movie, The Atheist Delusion, and a couple of the other ones you've done. One of the problems I have with it, besides the argument you're making in itself, is it seems like uh, the people you are interviewing, because you interview a lot of people who say at one point, you know, I don't believe in God. They may or may not use the word atheist, but they say, I don't believe. And then sometimes by the end of the movie, uh, usually by the end of the movie, they're like, all right, you've given me something to think about, or I believe what you're, you're selling me or something. But one of the criticisms I have of that is it seems like you talk to a lot of people who are not necessarily hardcore atheists per se. They're people who never really thought about this stuff. And this goes back to your, your, feeding off the ignorant here. Like, I'm not saying they're stupid people, but I'm saying they really haven't thought much about this atheism thing. So when you show this transformation over the course of the movie, I'm not really convinced by that because, I mean, again, if you haven't thought about a subject, you could be swayed one way or the other really easily. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, but like 90% of those says, I'm an atheist, and they're very strong in their convictions. I was there, and so I know what but they are said they before really, the camera turned off. are they really atheists? That's my question. Like, how, what does that really mean to these people? I mean, I can say I'm an atheist, but I mean, I, I kind of live and breathe it all the time. But I think for a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure you know a lot of Christians who will say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they don't, they don't know anything about Christianity. They don't really talk about it, study it. That's just, oh, that's the label I use. Yeah, God only knows if they're genuine in their unbelief. But the fact is, these people said, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, there's no evidence, you cannot convince me. One young lady who was a very eloquent university student, her name was Haley, she said it would have to be out of the world, this world evidence, and I gave it to her. Uh, you know, the DNA thing. You know, some I've read PZ Myers says that it's the old watchmaker argument, but a watch is inanimate. It has no life to it. DNA is a program. It's biological. It could not. It's nothing to do with the watchmaker argument. It's like comparing apples and elephants. And, uh, and I, I was reading on, on, on one of these sites where one of, the, one of the guys actually said, it's just the old watchmaker argument, except this is what an atheist said. He said, except that you're comparing inanimate objects to living organisms. It's not really a compelling analogy to compare the creation of a static object to something as vast and complex as the universe. That was an atheist in the comment section. Sure. And so I, I mean, I, I remember the, my argument to that was uh, I didn't address that specific uh, point, but you're basically saying there are some things scientists don't know, such as where did consciousness arise? How did we get living things? But you're playing that ignorance as you must be wrong about everything else is in a sense. Not really. If someone's ignorant as to whether or not a book was made or that it made itself, I'm saying, come on, you're not being honest. Obviously, it's impossible for a book to make itself. It can't, you know, but form therefore its own God pages it. and get color pictures and get words and sentences and page numbers and get a spine and create its own graphics. It's impossible for a book to make itself. I mean, the, and the common so, response to all this is you're assuming that if we don't have the answer to it, 
then God did it, which is one thing. No, and then I'm, the second thing is what, the second part of I'm that is, is how, who created I'm sorry God. I talk you. No, it's okay. Um, the the two part answer to that is some people will say it's unfair to just say God did it, and specifically the Christian God did it, and to also jump to this idea that um, if the Christian God did it, who created the Christian God? I mean, that's the standard yeah, response. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. And if uh, atheists say the same thing, they say the old evolution did it, you know, evolution of the gaps. And then, okay, if that's true, that's where did evolution come from? <laughs> where did the ability to make an eye, that human question eye, makes no you know, sense, brain, a blood and sense? <laughs> and it's the same, I feel the same with your questions about who made God. Obviously, God is eternal. Okay. He's outside the dimension of time. <laughs> and it's always, atheists always fall back to that same thing, who made God? Nobody made God. He's eternal. He's spirit. He's not material. Is not subject to corruption like you and I and every single thing in the universe that breaks down because of time. He's outside of the dimension let, that he created. Now, we can't understand you. that, but, but I can't understand how my iPad works. <laughs> let me ask you a different question. Uh, are there yeah. arguments that you hear evangelists making that you, you wish you could just tell them, don't, don't use that one? That's a horrible argument. What, what arguments are those that you might say that to? Boy, I can't think of any. Um, uh, no, nothing comes to mind. I've got no criticisms of uh, what other people do in that sense. Okay. Let me ask you, this is something that happened a couple of years ago when Ken Ham and Bill Nye had their debate. Uh, one of the questions that I think was kind of the, the big focal point for a lot of people in that debate, uh, Ken Ham was asked, what, if anything, would change your mind? And I think that's an important question because you do a lot of debates. You do a lot of these conversations. Is there anything, Ray, that would change your mind on the, the God question? Are you married? We're not playing this game. No, I'm going to ask you a very relevant question. (laughs) Yes, I'm married. I've got to answer. I can't say yes or no. Okay. Are you married? Yes. Is there anything that would change your mind about that? No, I'd like to say no, but I know people do get divorced. Yeah, but you are married, aren't you? Yes. Okay. My, I don't have a belief in God. I have a relationship with God. I'm a Christian. I know the Lord. And you're asking me to deny something more real than my marriage to my own wife. Of course I can't say, yes, there's something that would change my mind about the reality of my walk with Christ. So, no, nothing can change your mind about your relationship with your wife. But I'm not nothing asking can change you... my mind about relationship with God. Okay, so then let me, tr- uh, let me change that question a little bit. Maybe I can't change the relationship with God, but what about uh, this creationism, that idea? I mean, is there any evidence that would convince you, okay, evolution the way scientists understand it. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm down with that. I have been trying to find it. Like I said, I went to UCLA, USC. Yeah. If I'm wrong, I want to find out. Went to the experts. They couldn't give me a thing. In fact, I got kicked out of the office of one of them because he couldn't answer me. And so um, I haven't found anything that, that's truthful about evolution. Now, when it comes to creationism, that can be observed and it can be tested. I mean, you look at a creation or nature, it has male and female in every species except for a couple of slugs, and it has every animal bringing forth after its own kind, every single one. Why do you think so, so many why do you think so many people from different faith backgrounds, including evangelical Christians, some of them, um, but people who really study this stuff on a regular basis, they know this better than either of us do. How come so many of them say, I accept, you know, the science world's definition of evolution and not the one you're telling me here? Oh, because they don't have faith in the scriptures. I have trust in God's word. Do you word. think that, though? I mean, they Francis don't. Collins, all the evangelicals and all the other Christians who accept evolution and say ev- the creation story that can ham you, that you're saying, I mean, it's wrong. There are Christians, I mean, devout Christians who say that. 
Are you saying they don't have real faith? How do you know they're devout? I mean, I'm going off of their words. They, they are saying that. But do you not think yeah, they but you're, are? You're, you're telling me they don't have faith. They don't trust God's word. They don't have faith. They say they're Christians. They're devout. They may go to church. They may believe in God, but they don't trust God's word. That's what faith is. It's a trust, an implicit trust that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He made man and woman in his own image with a sense of justice and a conscience and a consciousness. And so I, I trust that, and I don't have any problem with it. I don't lie awake at night worrying about it. It's, it's no big deal. Do they need to be saved more than some atheists do if they're not as well? Because you're, you're going after atheists with a lot of the work you do. I don't see you going after other Christians. I don't go after other Christians, but I go after what's called false converts, who people who are not Christians, who those, they're those who the Bible calls tears among the wheat, uh, uh, goats among the sheep. And our churches are filled with people who are hypocrites. I didn't they're realize the Christian, Christians. I didn't realize the Christian world had a stolen valor problem <laughs> in that sense. If I have this right, though, and I'm not the expert here, accepting Genesis, literally, that's not a point of salvation. I mean, if these other Christians who you don't think have this faith, I mean, if they accept the divinity of Jesus and stuff, they are Christians, right? I mean, the, the evolution, creation, that stuff can be debated amongst them, but that's not really what the faith is about. When you say they accept the divinity of Jesus, by rejecting Genesis, they're calling him a liar, uh, because he said, in the beginning, God created them male and female. And uh, so if they don't believe what Jesus said, how can they call themselves Christians? I, I have a, I'm a, accused of being a fundamentalist because I fundamentally believe that what Jesus said is true. I can't see anything in his words that make me feel embarrassed. Does that separate you? I've, I've read Ken Ham's stuff on the same topic, and he's made very clear. Uh, he doesn't take that strident of a position as you do, if I have you correct, because Ken Ham says, look, you don't have to accept Genesis to be a true Christian. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, but I want you to, because I think it's right. That's Ken Ham's position. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if someone's a Christian, they will accept what Jesus said, because that's what a Christian is. Which also includes literal interpretation of Genesis. Yeah, and people come to that realization. I mean, someone can be a new Christian. When I was a new Christian, there was stuff I didn't believe, them, and uh, stuff I didn't believe, and I was totally wrong, and I had to learn. And that's what happens when someone becomes a Christian. They, they, they kind of get it right after a little while. Okay. Um, one of the books that you just came out with, uh, you can tell me the name of it because I can't remember the exact one, but you basically said atheists, or you said this in an interview, atheists can't be trust trusted in positions of power, like political power, because when that happens, we have slaughtered people. I mean, that, that's such an... Uh, first of all, do I have that right? Am I quoting you correctly there? Yes and no. Okay, <clears throat> correct. Um, there's no atheist, never been an atheist president, despite what's been said by uh, celebrity atheists, uh, dot com and places like that. There's no atheists in Congress. Right. Um, uh, no open atheists. Is a, no open atheists. Well, oh, there's no atheists in Congress. You ask them publicly, are you an right. atheist? They'll That's deny it because they know they're out of there. Their political career is dead if they say I'm an atheist publicly. Right. They know it. You know it. I know it. Mm -hmm. um, seven states is illegal to hold political office if you're an atheist. And I saw Lawrence Krauss quoting a survey that said atheists are as trusted as rapists right. Uh, right. in a survey. And, and by the way, the point you made this. about the seven states, that is true. There are seven states with, that say you have to believe in a higher power to hold public office. All of those laws are unenforceable, but they are still in there. Yeah, that's on the box. Now, this is why I think it's dangerous to trust an atheist in political office, and this is going to make your hair stand on end. But uh, Stalin was an atheist. 
And, and have you heard, have you heard uh, religion has caused more wars than anything in history? Have you ever heard that? Yes. Okay, 2004, Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Wars says there, have been, there were 1,763 wars in human history. 1,763. 8% were religious wars, and two-thirds of the 8% were in the name of Islam. That means 92% of the wars in history were more political by nature. The First World War, Second War, Korean War, the uh, Vietnam War. And if we're talking about atrocities in history, and I know this will make things bristle, but Stalin was an atheist, 16 million people slaughtered. Mayo was an atheist, 40 million people slaughtered. Uh, um, um, Stalin was an atheist. This is the common rebuttal to this, though, which is that all let these me, people... Let me, fin- let yeah, me finish, and then you can, you can attack it. Okay. Uh, Pol Pot, 1.7 million people, an atheist who had a philosophy of atheistic communism, and then uh, Vladimir Lenin, uh, 5 million people, 110 million people slaughtered by atheist leaders with an atheist philosophy of atheist communism. Now, you guys aren't like that. You're really nice. I love you guys. But if you can let an atheist in political power, he's got no moral absolutes. He doesn't, he can't say, you shall not kill ever. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. Things just move with society as what happened with Hitler. And Hitler wasn't a Christian. He was a Catholic who was uh, an idolater. What do you think is the atheist response to that? Because I know you've heard it. Well, the atheist response was, uh, these guys were not real atheists. You know, That's uh, not the response. Uh, That's not the well, response. Well, give me, give me a response. <laughs> Hit me with it. Correct me so I'll not say this ever sure. again. Sure. The response they usually give is, yes, uh, not Hitler, but Stalin was an atheist, Pol Pot was an atheist, but they weren't doing what they did in the like name of atheism. They weren't trying to kill, like, oh, only the Christians are going to go because they're wrong. They're horrible people. And look, you're going to find horrible people of all stripes. But the point is, it's not like their atheism commanded them to do it. It's not like Richard Dawkins or the ghost, the ancestor of Richard Dawkins was telling him to do it any more than, you know, their mustaches were telling him to do it. They were dictators. nothing held them back. Nothing held them back from doing it because they had no fear of God. But plenty of religious people who had the fear of God felt that they were doing, they were slaughtering people in the name of God. That's happening now. Yeah, but they, they don't fear God. They, they, are, um, they have an image of God that's erroneous. They don't think God's going to hold them morally responsible. And so they just carry their own agenda. They're, so, un- they're not actually atheists. They're idolaters. So they make a God let their me, own image. Let me bring this up then. Uh, there was an accusation, you know, a couple months ago. Uh, I'm not going to get into all of this, but basically people were saying, oh, look, Bernie Sanders is an atheist. We can use that against him. Now, that's not true. He said repeatedly he's not an atheist. But if Bernie Sanders were president, are you saying that, oh, well, then everyone's going to die? I mean, that's kind of where you're leading with this. No, not at all. Absolutely not. But you're saying atheists saying, can't be in political let's just office. Let's go back to Bernie just for a minute. Yeah. Do you think he's an atheist? No, do you I think don't. think he's an atheist? I, I think he's I do. a... I, I do. Because... I think he's an atheist. Why? <laughs> he just he seems to me as though in the past he's been an atheist. That's why atheists have said he's an atheist. There's a lot of stuff online saying... I think they want him to Tony be an Sanders atheist. Tony Sanders is an atheist. And it's I think he's got the, the sense to know that if he says I'm an atheist, that he's going to have end his political career forever. I think Pendulette thinks uh, um, Obama's an atheist. Look, we can all think all we want that, oh, these people are (laughs) atheists. We all want them to be in our club if we like them. But the point is, regardless of that, let's suppose for a second uh, Sanders is or Obama is, uh, and they're not because they've said otherwise. But I'm just saying, if they were, what are you suggesting that they can't be in power? Because, look, even if we don't have any atheists in Congress right now, it's going to happen. It, it will happen. Open atheists will be in Congress eventually. But when it that happens... Happen. It won't happen. Hammer, I, no, no, no. Fly we'll overcome. We'll, an atheist president. 
I, that's the title you of your book, right? get to be president. It won't happen. I agree there is a stigma against it. But I'm saying when it happens, whether it's president or just a member of Congress or what have you, you're jumping to this conclusion that if that happens, horrible things are going to happen. I mean, I just don't buy that if Bernie Sanders happened to be the nominee instead of Hillary Clinton or something, and if he were an atheist, which he says he's not, but if he were, I mean, what do you think is going to happen if he's president? I like Bernie Sanders. I don't think he's a mass murderer. But that goes against what you're saying here. You're saying they can't hold public office. And it's not a argument like, oh, look, all the numbers are against them, which I agree with you. They are. But you're saying they, they, we can't allow that to happen because if atheists are in a position of political power, they're going to slaughter everyone. And I just I don't buy that for a second, well, especially with the open atheists that we see running for political office. Well, it's the track record I look at. It's Stalin, Lenin, so uh, the Pol next Pot, Mayo. <laughs> but that makes so no if you sense. Get one of, if one of those gets in there, and you don't know if they're like that. So Stalin if I run for political nice... office, I'm automatically no, going to become let Stalin? Finish, Come on. Let me finish. When Stalin was a young guy, he was probably very sweet, nice and kind. He was like you. <laughs> but when political power is given to someone, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Have you heard of that? Yes, but they, we don't, first of all, we don't even give people absolute power in this country. As that's we right. That's but right. Two, so that's what I'm talking about. So it was an extreme statement, but I'm thinking of an area of a dictatorship. Okay. But that still makes no sense. I mean, there are, I mean, Australia, uh, Julia Gillard, if I have, I hope I get that name right. She was openly atheist. I don't remember her. She's slaughter. out now. She's they out got now. rid of her. She is out now, but I don't remember her starting wars that killed millions of people. What held her back? Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> Does an atheist believe of, in the killing of babies in the womb? Oh, my God. First of all, babies hey, aren't in the blasphemy. womb. Babies aren't in Him the womb. Sorry blasphemy. for blasphemy. You cannot say that when a right. Christian's I apologize. I apologize. But first of all, babies aren't in the womb. But again, if you, okay, if you want to say, if you made the argument that if an atheist were in power, there's a higher likelihood that, you know, they would be lax on abortion policy... I, I agree. I think that would happen. And then we can have a debate about abortion policy, but that's not what you're saying. You're saying they're going to slaughter like adults like Stalin did. And that's why atheists like we can't allow them to be in political power. Well, that's what America feels. And it's not just Who's that. Him and, no, it's, let me let me just let me just say why atheists are so odious in America. We have an organization called Freedom from Religion Foundation. The sole agenda seems to be to sue fellow Americans for truth they hold dear to them. If That's a, not true. A judge they has don't the Ten Commandments churches. on his wall. <laughs> if a judge has the Ten Commandments on his wall, they'll take him to court. If a mayor prays in public, they'll take him to court. That's not true. When there are people having their heads, oh, I've got, there's 180 instances in the book, Fat Chance, that I gave away at the, the Reason Rally. I gave away 6,000 copies. A lot of atheists have got it. It's got 80 different frivolous lawsuits of people being taken to court because they've got, uh, you know, a, a Jesus in the manger showing the front lawn and it's a public office and they go to court and they're sued and they, it's just crazy stuff when people are having their heads chopped off First. in the name of religion around the world. We're not your enemy. We love you. I care about you. There's nothing in me that thinks evil towards you. I don't work for Islam Freedom From Religion Foundation, but first of all, there's a big difference between filing. They don't even file many lawsuits, but they do send letters saying, hey, you can't be threaten, doing this. They threaten. It's intimidation. Fine. And but it's wrong. They're it's, not, it's unfair. That's, and that's why it is incomparable to people getting their heads chopped off. 
But secondly, they're not going after churches. They're not going after private practice of religion. They're going after government endorsement, government promotion of religion. No, that's not true. They're going after churches. They're threatening churches that give uh, food packages. Get the book. I'll send you the book if you want, free of charge, and you can see these frivolous lawsuits, and they're horrible. You know, I Richard know Dawkins the work they do. I follow the work they do. They're, I mean, said, you can call them frivolous in some cases, but I'm saying I know the vast majority of what they do. I don't know any frivolous cases they file because I, I know what they're know, going after and I know what they don't go after. Richard Dawkins in 2009 said that he's in two minds about the demise of Christianity within his country. He said, because Christians don't blow up people. He said, I think that Christianity in his country was acting as a bulwark against something worse. In other words, Christianity was holding back Islam. And now Islam is taking its roots in his own country, and they, they get into a country not through violence, they get in politically. And when they become in political positions, like the mayor of London is now a, a Muslim, they want to bring in Sharia law. Do you, think, not, that's happening in, do you think that's happening in London? In England, yes. Let me finish what I'm saying. Okay. They want to bring in the cutting off the hand for theft, stoning for adultery, women covered from head to toe, the killing of atheists, homosexuals, Jews and Christians. That's their agenda. That's Sharia law. And that's taken, they've got whole communities, and you can look online in England, where you see a, a video of the police being chased out of an area of the city that's so Islamic, they ran out in fear and being, they were calling them cowards because the police were running. So just that's so we're clear, though, just so we're clear, the mayor of London has spoken out against all of that. That is one form of Sharia, Sharia law that you mentioned, and the mayor of London has spoken out vehemently against all of that. And second, we have two Muslims in the U.S. Congress. I don't just, see Sharia. Uh, let, me just, let me just go we back to We don't see Sharia law getting said. implemented. If you, if you study Islam, they think it's justified to lie to promote Islam. Who's mayor, they? Who's, who's they? Muslim will, will lie. This is what the, the Quran they? says. You can lie to promote Sharia law, to promote Islam. Who is and who agrees with that? It's I not don't all, agree with it. It's not all Muslims, though. I mean, you're you're not making this Muslims. blanket No, I'm statement. not anti-Muslim. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying this is how they take over a nation. This is how England is being taken over, and it's through fear and intimidation and killing people, stabbing people in the streets. And, and you and, think and the mayor really just happened to an American woman? You Christians think, don't do that. This is what I'm trying to say, Hammond. <laughs> I love you. I care about you. There's no evil I agree intent Christians from me towards don't do you. That. I also yeah, don't think so, the mayor of London is doing that. Okay, you don't think that. But we're not your enemy. You have a bigger enemy, a far bigger enemy. That's uh, The agenda is to dominate the world. Same spirit as Nazi Germany, but it's in uh, Islam at the moment. And, and I'm just saying there's the contrast between Islam and Christianity. We love you. We care about you. We want to do you good. I, I, want, to give out, I want to give you guys gifts. I don't want to cut off your head. I don't want to promote some law that's going to make you do things you don't want to do regarding religion. I don't want to bring in, you know, bring in Christian government and make you do things. You can't, that's not, the theocracy is not what I'm, I'm wanting. I appreciate that you don't want to cut off my head. I would say the, the one thing, I mean, look, if you're asking what's the bigger issue here, yes, faith-based uh, terrorism that's done in the name of Islam, that is definitely a problem. But I would say it's not like, here's why I don't think we should ignore some of the issues we see within the Christian world and only focus on what's going on in Islam, because yes, we should go after Islam too. 
But how do you stop a thing like that from happening? You have to get people asking good questions. You have to get them thinking critically. And a lot of times people who are raised in religion, and I will admit some people who are like raised as atheists who don't get a chance to choose that for themselves, um, they are not raised to think critically. And that's kind of, I mean, I know that's kind of my mission, which is I want people asking good questions. I want them to come to conclusions based on the evidence. And I think that's a better bulwark to stopping, you know, all this madness that is happening than just saying, you know, we should be lucky we of Christianity, because it could be worse. Why then are the are these lawsuits and these threatening letters always against Christians? They're not. Nobody else. Because no one else has the political power Christians do to enact these type of things. Muslims don't have and, that power everywhere. If they did, and they were doing the same things Christians are doing, such as trying to promote their faith through public schools, using the government office to promote their religion, if it was being done in the name of another faith, and by the way, FFRF does find those cases, but it just it's in America, that doesn't happen very often because Christians have the political right. power. Okay, let me ask you, uh, not really changing subjects, but you've been doing this long enough. You've seen how these conversations go. You've seen the public discussion about this stuff. Is your side winning when it comes to social issues, when it comes... I'm not talking about whether our arguments are right or wrong, but do you feel like your side is winning? Are you making progress? Are things going backwards for you? Oh, um... Our side is winning. There's a huge, huge revival in, uh, in China, atheistic country. Literally millions of people are being converted to evangelical Christianity. They're being born again and coming to know the Lord. And so there's huge, huge things happening. I've got all the details in that little book called Fat Chance, um, which I can send you if you want. Send it to anyone free of charge. But um, I'm, not, I'm not interested in winning because I know that we have won. We have a book that tells us the past, the present, and the future. Uh, I believe prophecy, and I don't make it happen. I'm not wanting to put my finger on the button to bring on Armageddon like we're often accused of seeing. But I am totally convinced that God knows the beginning from the end, and good will win out against evil. And so all we're trying to do is say, hey, we, want, we, don't, we don't want you to end up in hell. We don't want Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus. Uh, religious people, anyone to end up in hell. We want them to all have peace with God by trusting in Christ, the only Savior. And so that's, that's I know, my agenda. It's not I know that's, to win. That's I know that's where you're coming from. But I mean, if you look at the demographic changes, I mean, you can't argue this one. There are more people who are leaving organized religion, and a lot of those people are becoming non-religious. So what does that say about this agenda that you're trying to push, which is you want to save people, you want to bring them to Christ, but it's not happening on a national scale. But I think it's good. I think people who are faking it should leave the church. We're tired of hypocrites in the church. Atheists are tired of hypocrisy within the church. Priests who molest little kids. What a horrible thing. Tell evangelists they've got a bottomless collection bag. Get out. You don't believe it. You're just in it for the money. So uh, the thing that sort of separates the sheep from the goats is trials. When, when persecution comes, that's when people leave the church. And that's when you'll see people that are genuine stand up. So, no, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that happening. And I don't see a revival in atheism either. We have a lot of people that are interested in atheism because of uh, colorful men like Richard Dawkins and, and uh, Christopher Hitchens, who I, I, I like both those men. I think Hitchens was incredibly witty. And I watch him with uh, just amazement at his eloquence. Um, but uh, uh, I don't think as many uh, turning to atheism as well. So take the reason, Raleigh. There was supposed to be uh, 30,000 there, and they'll be lucky to be 3,000 according to right. – uh, 
a friend of mine who was there, and according to Thunderfoot, said there were about two to 3,000 well, there. First of that all, was, I've, I've written a, plenty about this myself, too, and Thunderfoot doesn't. Yeah. He's pulling numbers out of his ass. Sorry. But, uh, well, look, actually, I will, but I will showed, admit, he showed, he showed, he showed, I, I know it the, on the screen. I know. I saw the pictures. He's, demographically, he's so still wrong I about was the there, numbers. and I but, think there were about 3,000. <laughs> I know. I'm, in, I, I was, I, I'm with crowds a lot. I was there, too. I, I know the numbers were low, but that's not... I, I've written this extensively on my site as well. The reason wasn't because there's some lack of interest in atheism. I think it was poor planning on the part of the organizers. I think they made a lot of decisions that didn't bring people in. Um, it's not because Angel lost your big are, draw card, uh, the, which is, that movie star, uh, Depp, uh, Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, and pulling out was was really sad for you guys, and uh, and I'm sure because eh, I looked and I looked at all the porta potties the there, act- and I thought they're not being used, and I know how much they cost. I thought the poor organizers. Right. So I really I felt sorry for them. Hey, if the accusations about Johnny Depp are true, I'm glad he wasn't there. But they also lost Richard Dawkins because he was sick and he couldn't make it. There were a lot of people who couldn't come, a lot of people who did that I don't really understand. Well, he had a stroke. He did. That stroke is very serious. Yeah, uh, I think he's doing better. And that's very sad. I think he's doing better now. That's good. How is your movie doing? And I'll wrap it up with that. Uh, in terms of, has it downloaded what you expected to download? Has the reaction been what you expected? Yes, the thousands of people downloaded in the first few, few days, and we're very grateful for people doing that because it helps us cover our costs. And then sure. it'll be made freely available on YouTube, and that's when atheists can just rip it to shreds. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> when is it going up on YouTube? Probably October the 9th. All right. Sorry, October the 5th, and we're going to have a, a okay. premiere in, uh, in Hollywood, Grauman's Chinese Theater, and you're welcome to come. We'll give you a special seat and take you to dinner in Hollywood if you wanted to come. Sweet. I'm sure a lot of people will want to take you up on that because there's nothing more fun than like booing <laughs> when you're watching in a movie <laughs> in a theater full of people. That's a fun experience. Oh, that'd be fine. All right. Thank you so much, Ray. Appreciate it. And as always, I, I always appreciate that you're very generous uh, to me with your time. Thank you. Thank you, sir.